0: you some verses out of Romans 11 today. We're going to skip around a little bit. So our first reading comes from Romans 11.5. So too, at the present time, there's a remnant chosen by grace. Our next reading is Romans 11.20 and 21. These verses say, that is true. They were broken off because of their unbelief, but you stand fast through faith. So do not become proud, but fear. For if God did not spare the natural branches, neither will he spare you. And then our final verse is Romans eleven thirty-two. 32. For God has consigned all to disobedience, that he may have mercy on all. Confused yet? Well, you can be forgiven if you are. These past two weeks, we've been dealing with one of the hardest themes in our Bibles, the intersection of God's sovereignty and man's responsibility. The doctrine of God's sovereignty, taught to us in chapter 9 of Romans, says that God is completely responsible for all things, that nothing is out of his control, and that includes the salvation of individual souls. That teaching tells us that God is completely responsible for For who's saved and who's not. Now, over against this doctrine, we find in chapter 10 of Romans something that seems to say to us the complete opposite that men make real choices that have real consequences, that everyone is ultimately responsible for the decisions that they make in this matter of salvation. And it all seems contradictory. On the one hand, we're told that God chooses who will be saved, regardless of man's choice. And on the other hand, we're told that man chooses whether to be saved or not, regardless of God's sovereignty. And then, to top it all off, we're told that somehow it all works together without a train wreck. Well, if you feel a little bit lost in the weeds, relax. We're all lost in the same weed patch when we try to think through this conundrum together. Fortunately, God has given us chapter 11 to help us find a pathway out of this theological blackberry bush. Chapter 11 gives us a summary of all of this and then points us toward that pathway. In verses 1 through 10, the argument for God's sovereignty that we saw in chapter 9 is summed up. And it's summed up best, I think, in verse 5. That verse says, so too, at the present time, there's a remnant chosen by grace. Now, what we're being told is that God has kept a remnant of believers for himself in every age. In other words, God's purpose and election cannot be thwarted. God chooses whom he will save, no matter what man chooses. It's a very strong conclusion, and it doesn't leave any real room for debate. But then come verses 11 through 24, which summarize the doctrine of man's responsibility that we learned in chapter 10. And that doctrine is summed up in verses 20 and 21. They say, this is true. They were broken off because of their unbelief, but you stand fast through faith. So do not become proud, but fear. For if God did not spare the natural branches, neither will he spare you. The plain sense of the meaning of these verses can't be missed. What we're being told is, be careful, because what you choose has real consequences. So, so far, we're still in the weeds. But the conclusion to the whole matter comes in verses 25 through 36 of chapter 11, and that's all summarized neatly in verse 32. For God has consigned all to disobedience that He may have mercy on all. Now, what are we being told? We're being told that God has been fair to everyone, that everyone gets their best shot through this mysterious intersection of God's sovereignty and man's responsibility, even though you and I can't fully work out how that happens. In other words, it's a mystery. It's the mystery of grace. Somehow, the coming together of the purpose of God and the responsibility of man results in this mystery of grace. God sovereignly chooses whom to save, but man says yes or no with consequences that follow through eternity, and everybody gets at least what they deserve, though the redeemed seem to get a lot better than we deserve, as I'm sure you'll agree. Paul says, I do not want you to be unaware of the mystery, brothers, perhaps not meaning at all that he intended to solve the mystery, but only to confirm the mystery. How then can we use these things? Well, I think there are three uses that are in order. First, the doctrine of God's sovereignty ought to be a great comfort to the redeemed. It affirms to us once and for all that our relationship to God doesn't depend in any measure on our performance. It frees us from the relentless slavery to doubt and guilt and accusation. Second, the doctrine of man's responsibility keeps us from taking the grace of God lightly. Our choices really do reveal our destiny, so we must take the decisions that we make and the way we live seriously. And finally, the mystery of grace teaches us humility. Reminds us that there are some things, some important things, that we simply can't wrap our minds around. Some things are known but to God, and being reminded of that puts us in a healthy place spiritually. So the best counsel is live in the mystery, It's the place you're supposed to be. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your grace. Thank you for release from the unavailing labor of trying to become our own saviors. Thank you too for entrusting us with the responsibility of making real choices that carry tremendous consequences. We're not robots. We're not dancing bears. You've invested us with the dignity of choice. Help us to use it for the praise of your glory rather than the satisfaction of our lusts. And we thank you as well for the reminder that we are but dust and that there are certain things that we long to investigate but can't get our minds fully around in this world. Will you give us greater insights in the next world? We don't know. But whether you do or not, We trust you, and we thank you for the mystery of grace. Hear our prayer for Jesus' sake. Amen. Thanks for joining us again today. Remember, God has consigned all to disobedience so that he can have mercy on all, and that is the mystery of grace.